0: Uh, beginning a five-part sermon series entitled, Bless. And over these five weeks, we're going to learn five missional practices that are going to help us to love others and make disciples of Jesus Christ, which is our mission as a church. And I was introduced to this book uh, entitled, Bless, while I was listening to a, a podcast. And it sounded like a very helpful book. Uh, For us to think about how we can reach out to those around us and be a blessing to them. And so uh, I bought some copies and actually I've been going through this book with our deacons for the past six months. And we've been putting these things in practice and we felt like you know this is a good, encouraging, uh, simple, yet challenging book that will help us reach out. And it's been helping us reach out uh, as a small group. And now I want to share with you as a church... How you can also join us as we seek to be a blessing to those around us using some of the helpful tips in this book. Uh, we bought several copies here. You probably saw them when you came into to the sanctuary in the vestibule there. Uh, I think we have enough for one per family. Uh, so grab that or per individual member. So grab one of those if you'd like to read along with us in this series. I'm going to be using a lot of their material uh, so you can follow along with me as we walk through this series together. Um, but I hope, and I hope you'll do that. You know, at the very beginning of the book, they, the authors quote a doctoral thesis. And it has a pretty catchy title. Uh, the, the title of this thesis is uh, Blessers versus Converters. And uh, the authors summarize the thesis this way. Uh, the study is uh, based on two teams of people Uh, One they're going to call blessers and the other they'll call converters. But there's two missionaries teams that went to Thailand. And this study uh, follows these two teams for two years or follow those two teams for two years in Thailand. And these two teams went to Thailand with similar goals but two different strategies in mind. Uh, The first team, they called them the converters, uh, went with the sole intention of converting people and evangelizing in other words, their main focus was to save souls. That's their, that was their focus. Uh, the second term, uh, we'll call the, those the blessers, with, with the intention of blessing people. And so uh, they would say something like this, "You know, I'm here to bless whoever comes my way. And so this study followed these two teams of missionaries for two years, and this is what they discovered. First of all, they discovered that the blessers had a greater impact in that society, in that culture, in that, in that city, than the converters. Uh, they just did more overall good for the people. Um, so they made it uh, just a better place for them being there. But here's what's so surprising, though. Uh, and this was the second thing they found. They discovered that the team of blessers saw 48 people come to know Jesus Christ Whereas the team of converters only saw one person come to Christ during that same period. So the team of blessers saw almost 50 times as many people come to know Christ than the converters. So what we see from this study is that perhaps the best way to accomplish the mission God has given us to love others and make disciples of Jesus Christ is to be a blesser. To be a team of blessers In our city. But this shouldn't surprise you, right? Because when you think about scripture, this concept is throughout the scripture. I mean, think back to Genesis chapter 12. I want to read to you a few verses and see if you can pick up on this concept of blessing as I read Genesis 12 where God makes this covenant with Abram. Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3. This is what we read. Now the Lord said to Abram, that he was going to bless Abram and through him be a blessing to others, in fact, to the world. And we know this ultimately came through the sending of his son, Jesus Christ, who is from, obviously, the lineage of Abraham. But we see the same truth repeated in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Listen to what Jesus told his followers. He says, you are the salt of the earth. So, as followers of Jesus, we're to be salt and light. We are to have a positive impact on our community so that people can know who God is, so that people can give glory to God. In short, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Now, the question is well, how do we bless those around us? How do we do that? And that's where this book is going to come in handy, just showing us some very practical ways that we can bless those around us. In fact, the reason I wanted to go through this is because I love simple, and these practices are very simple. I can do them, and everyone in here can put these things into practice. So I'm really excited about what God's gonna do uh, as we do this together. And so one word of instruction, though, before we jump into it, and they bring it out in the book, and I think it's a, a wise instruction to share, And that is, you know, when we go through these five things, these five things are not just to be a list that we say, oh, bam, 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 did those, we're done. You know, these are supposed to be regular rhythms that we do. These things are where they're put into practice for the long haul on a regular basis. And that's how we become a blessing to our community. You know, think about uh, eating, drinking, sleeping. I mean, these are helpful practices, Right. But you need them daily. And they're all meant, they're different, but they're all meant to work together to keep us healthy. And in the same way, the practices we're going to look at in this book uh, are different, and yet they all come together to help us bless those around us. And so just like a newborn baby has to learn how to eat, drink, sleep on a regular healthy schedule, so I want us to learn together how to put these practices into our regular rhythms of life, so that we can be a blessing to those around us, so that we can love those around us and help them become disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, this morning, we're going to look at the first missional practice, and it's actually an acrostic here, Bless, B L E S S. So we're going to look at the B. And the first missional practice that correlates with that first letter, the letter B, is to begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. And prayer is simply communicating with God. And we, as followers of Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have access to God in prayer. And so, prayer is simply communicating with God. And one of the ways that God guides his people, guides us, is through prayer. And I want to share with you two examples from the scripture where we see this happening. And one of my favorite Old Testament examples of how God guides his people is Nehemiah. And many of you may be familiar with Nehemiah, but in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is in another country. He's away from Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, in another country, and he hears about uh, the walls being destroyed around the city of Jerusalem. And in the first chapter of Nehemiah, we're told that Nehemiah uh, goes to God in prayer. And then in Nehemiah chapter 2, we read that Nehemiah has taken a trip to Jerusalem. And he is surveying the destruction around Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 12, this is what we read. Nehemiah says, And I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. Now, he's going to share what God put on his heart, but at that moment, he's surveying the walls and the destruction. And at that point, he says, I have not told anyone what God has put on my heart to do for Jerusalem, which is to rebuild the walls. And eventually, obviously, he will tell the people that. But what strikes me as interesting and encouraging is that it was through prayer that God placed the idea and desire in Nehemiah's heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And I believe this is one of the ways that God guides his people. When we pray, we open ourselves up to God's ideas and God's leading. And we also see this in the ministry of Jesus as well. You know, Jesus was guided in his decision making through prayer. In Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16, we see Jesus going to the Father in prayer before choosing the twelve disciples. Listen to Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve whom he named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Now, when you think about prayer, there's more to prayer than than just guidance, but what we see in these examples is that when we pray, we are opening, opening ourselves up to the guidance of God. And so when you think about how we can love others and help them become disciples of Jesus Christ, it makes sense that perhaps we should talk to God about people before we talk to people about God, right? And so we do that through prayer. I want to share a story with you, just a very practical modern-day story that the authors share in their book. They tell a story about a guy named Dean who works with college students at Michigan State. And every morning... Dean prays for what he calls divine appointments that he would meet and talk to people that day that God wants him to bless and then he just goes throughout his day assuming that you know people that he will, will encounter and talk to perhaps this will be a divine appointment, and God will work in that situation and over the over several years this just became a daily practice for for Dean, and he tells one story where uh, he was supposed to meet someone, and the appointment got canceled. They canceled on him. And so he said, you know, instead of uh, you know working on email or looking at Facebook, he decided to pray. And he prayed this. He said, God, how do you want me to use this time? And as he prayed, he, he just sat there still. And the name of a student that he uh, had encountered in his ministry uh, named Janice came to his mind. And he just sensed that the Lord wanted him to share with Janice how to become a follower of Jesus. Now, Janice had never been to church um, and was not a Christ follower, but she had been in one of their small groups at the college. And so he called her up and asked her to, to meet for coffee, and she said sure. And, uh, and when they met, he just told her. He said, Janice, I was praying, and your name came to mind." And I, I feel like God is wanting me to tell you how to become a follower of Jesus. Well, at that point, she just starts crying, which is not necessarily the reaction you want, right? So Dean is obviously taken back by that. And he, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have just led with that. Uh, maybe I was a little too uh, insensitive there. But she said, no, 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 not at all. Uh, that's not it. I, I just can't believe you said that. I can't believe that you are here. And she says... You know, last night I went to a Bible study in my dorm. And they were talking about what it means to be a Christian. And she says, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, I couldn't sleep. And I didn't know what to do. And so she says, I prayed this morning and asked God that he would bring someone to me today to tell me how to become a Christian. And so she smiled and said, and you're here. I just can't believe it. (laughs) And, uh, And these types of divine appointments happen regularly to Dean because he's looking for him, he's praying he's asking God to work in given situations so that he can be a blessing uh, And he, it all begins by prayer, just going to God in prayer I want to share another example with you and uh, many of you are familiar with Beth Moore and she, she tells this story, it's an interesting story about how God prompted her to do something very unusual okay and I'm not going to try to pretend I can say it in her accent. But uh, if you know Beth Moore, you can maybe listen to her voice as I read this. But here's what she says. She tells a story. And she says she was at a, in a busy airport. And she was waiting on a flight. And so she opens her Bible. She reads a chapter of, of Scripture. And then she just takes some time to pray. And she looks up. And she sees this old man in a wheelchair. And he's abnormally thin and kind of slumped over but what really stands out to her is his hair uh, his hair was very stringy and uh, just and long and, and tangled and it was one of those times where you know you know you shouldn't stare at somebody but you just kind of keep looking at him uh, and so Beth recalls this she says okay she's looking at this man as she's praying and she says this she said I had I had walked with God long enough to see the handwriting on the wall. She said, I've learned that when I begin to feel what God feels, something so contrary to my natural feelings, something dramatic is about to happen. And she says, I, begin it, I immediately began to resist. I started arguing with God in my mind. Oh no, God, please no. Do not make me witness to this man. And she says, then I heard it. She says, uh, it was as if God was telling her, I don't want you to witness to him. I want you to brush his hair. Now, <laughs> she, says, she says these words were so clear. She says her heart leapt into her throat and her thoughts were spinning like a top. And obviously, if you were in this place, you'd be doing the same thing. She's trying to reason with God that this is just ridiculous. This is a ridiculous idea. But she finally acted on God's prompting. And so she goes and she kneels down in front of this man in the wheelchair and she says, may I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? To which the old man replied in a loud voice, little lady, if you expect me to hear you, you're gonna to have to talk much louder than that. And You know, they're in this busy airport. And so she, she said she took a deep breath and blurted out, Sir, may I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? And of course, everybody's looking at her now. She's like, okay. And so she said, you know, I was looking at this man, and he looks up at her, uh, kind of shocked at this request. And But he says, if you really want to. To which she's thinking, of course I don't really want to. <laughs> she says, but... But I can see that God's really not interested in what I want at this moment, right? And so she said to the man, sir, I would be pleased, but I have one little problem. I don't have a hairbrush. And to which he replied, I actually have one in my bag. And so uh, he, she found the hairbrush and began to brush his hair in this airport. And she goes on to say, she says, a miraculous thing happened to me as I started brushing the old man's hair. She said, "Yeah, everybody else seemed to disappear and there was no one alive for those moments except the old man and me. I brushed and brushed and I brushed until every tangle was out. And she said, I know this sounds so strange, but I've never felt that kind of love for another soul in my entire life. I believe with all my heart, I, for that few minutes, felt a portion of the very love of God. The emotions were so strong and so pure that I knew they had to be God's. And so his hair was finally soft and smooth, just like an infant's. And she said she put the brush back in the bag, went around to the front, knelt down again, and uh, said to him, Sir, do you know Jesus? And he said, Yes, I do. I- I've known him since I married my bride. Uh, because she wouldn't marry me until I got to know the Savior, is what he told Beth. And he said, you see, the problem is I haven't been able to see my bride in months. Uh, I've had open-heart surgery, and she's been too ill to be able to visit me. And he told her that, you know, I've been sitting here in the airport thinking to myself, what a mess I must be for my bride. And Beth concludes the story by saying, she says, only God knows how often He allows us to be part of a divine moment when we're completely unaware of the significance. God had intervened in details only he could have known. it was a God moment, and she says, "I'll never forget it." And I share that just because that's a, it's just a great story of how God guides his people through prayer. You know, when we ask God to guide us to bless others, we're in for an adventure. And perhaps even the unexpected. But when we pray, you know, we're opening opening ourselves up to the guidance of God. Uh, specifically to be a blessing. How can we be a blessing to others? So let's talk about how to put this into practice. I want you to do two things. Okay? You... Received a handout I believe as you came in and you see this one side of the handout that says who is my neighbor so the first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about the people around you this could be people that live around you it could literally be your neighbor but it also could be people you work with it could be people that you're in school with it could be your friend group but I want you to think about at least two people that either don't know Christ or who are not involved in a local church. So they either don't know Christ or they're not involved in a local church, but they're somewhat connected to you in some way, whether they're your physical neighbor, live near you, uh, maybe they're a friend, maybe a coworker, a schoolmate. Um, but I want you to think of at least two. Now, you can think of more But I want you to think of at least two people uh, that fit that criteria, and I want you to write their names down on that piece of paper. Okay. So I did this with the deacons, and so we have the people that we've been praying for and, and serving. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to think of at least two, at least two people, and write that down. These are the people I want you to begin praying for. Now, this leads to the second thing I want you to do, which is to pray. But I want you to pray specifically in two ways. One, I want you to pray for them. And on the back of this sheet, um, I pulled some suggestions from another church that that was doing something similar uh, that I thought was really helpful. You see, the first nine there is just praying for that person, that they would, that God would bless them, that they would be open to God's leading, uh, the, open to the truth about who Christ is, these types of prayers. And so I want to encourage you to pray those prayers for them. But the second thing I want you to pray is I want you to pray for how God wants you to bless them. I want you to pray, God... How, how do you want me to bless this person? And you see that's number 10 on your list that I've given you on the handout. And when you ask God for how he may have you bless your neighbor, the person you've put on that handout, I believe God's going to put ideas in your mind, just like he did with Nehemiah, just like he did with Dean, just like he did with Beth. Beth. You know, God may guide you to send a text to someone and say, How are you doing? Thinking about you. Or He may prompt you to, you know, take someone out to dinner or take someone out to lunch. Uh, he may prompt you to cut somebody's grass or brush somebody's hair. You never know. Um, he, may, he may guide you to ask them, you know, How could you pray for them? But I do believe that if you begin to pray for specific people, And you ask God, God, how do you want me to bless this person? I do believe He's going to put ideas in your heart just like He did Nehemiah. And when they ask why you're doing it or, you know, what's prompted you to do this, you can say, you know, I was praying and I thought of you. I was praying and I thought of you. And I feel like God just wanted me to do this for you. You know, Holocaust survivor Corey Ten Boom once said, we never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in the plan for the answer. We never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. And so I want to challenge you. Join with me this week. And let's begin to pray for individuals specifically and pray for how God would have us to be a blessing to them. So as we pray for our friends, let us be willing to be part of the answer because we have been blessed to be a blessing. So I invite you to join with me and let's be blessers to our community. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this uh, truth that you guide us in prayer, that you've blessed us to be a blessing. Lord, I pray that you would put in the minds of everyone here at least two people that you want us to begin to pray for. And Lord, as we pray, I, I ask that you would put it on our hearts and minds how we can bless them. Give us ideas, Lord. Give us those God moments, those divine appointments, and help us to be a blessing to those around us, that they may experience your love and perhaps even become followers of Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.